Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It is episode 51 of Stands and Fits, presented by the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State University, coming to you from the Carl Chevrolet Studios at the Ankeny offices for Cyclone Fanatic. What's up, Fitzy? Dude, how's it going? It's good. It's been uh it's a been, few a few, weeks. been a few weeks. Yep. Had uh, the holidays go by, had the bowl game happen. Mm-hmm. So did you have a good experience in San Antonio? Yeah, it was fun, man. It was uh it was it was different. San Antonio's a an interesting place. Mm-hmm. How would you rate it compared to your trip to Memphis? I would say they were different because we were in Memphis so much longer. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean we were in Memphis for like five days. Oh really? Before the game. Yeah, we got there on the twenty sixth last year. Oh, I didn't realize so that. So weird that yeah, they're twenty sixth, twenty seventh, twenty eighth. So you were there 29th, like over 30th, over a week then? Thirty first. Or the thirtieth. No, okay. So we're at twenty sixth, twenty seventh, twenty eighth, twenty ninth. Thirty was the game. And okay. we left on the thirty first. Gotcha. So six days basically. Basically a week. On the road. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and then this time it was just weird. Got in the like in the evening on the twenty sixth. We were there the twenty seventh all day. Mm. The twenty eighth was obviously the game. And then we were Flew right back on the 29th in the morning. Nice. How did, did did you enjoy your experience? I did. It was, uh, I enjoyed having all of the things that you ever wanted to access just right there. Yeah. Like it was nice to be within walking distance of the river walk obviously is right there. And then like a half mile away is the, the, the dome itself. So that's pretty cool. That city has sold its soul to the tourism devil. Exactly. You know, I don't, I don't really blame them though. It's a really cool spot for tourists. Oh no. And you can just tell that the average San Antonian probably would never, ever go to that part of town. I didn't realize how many scooter subscription like or like scooter uh, renting services they had down there. I didn't know that was even a thing. I'm surprised that they haven't brought that to Des Moines yet. I figured at least one like of those scooter companies would have. Did you ride one? I did not. I really wanted to. Yeah. But I didn't. It, it was just logistically... It was like, man, I'm gonna like get this app and then see if I go if, through this process. If, if I lived in one of those uh, like apartments in San Antonio, I, there would be no reason to own a car because I could just scooter everywhere. Right. Well, and it and to just that time of year, there's so many people out there. You know. Yeah. During, I mean, I'm sure at a normal time, it's not bad because there's like yeah. there's not near that much foot traffic. But then when you get all those Iowa State fans and stuff, all the Washington State fans down there. You're like weaving in and out of people. And that was the thing. I was walking in front of the Alamo when, on our five-minute visit there because that's all you needed to do. I was going to say, <laughs> were, you, were you as uh, underwhelmed by the Alamo as I was? I did, yeah. It was uh, – I mean, it was again, you could go there, look at it for a minute, and be completely satisfied with what you see. Rob and I walked up, and I was we saw the long line. Mm. So I thought that it was like back. And I was <laughs> like – I'm looking around, and I'm like, where is it? Yeah. And he's like, oh, it's, it's right it's there. literally right there. And I was like, oh. Huh. Yep. That's about all you need to see. Well, yeah. There my, it is. My parents saw the long line in the afternoon, the first day we were there, and they decided that they were going to get up early the next day and go like immediately as it went, as it opened. So right. That worked out for them. I just thought it was funny that there's the Alamo that's like this revered place, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like a famous landmark. Yeah. And then right across the street, all it's just shops with where you can buy don't mess with Texas t-shirts and yeah uh and go to like the Ripley's Believe It or Not museums. Yeah, yeah it's almost ta- book of it's World almost Records. really tacky right across the street. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying like that's that's where you're like man they went all out with the tourism, mm-hmm. you know. It's that's like where some parents like drag their kid to the Alamo and then they get there and they're like man this was not worth 
the time that we spent to do this. Yeah. And then they're like, all right, we got to take our kids over here to like do something fun because yeah. they're probably bored out of their minds. Yeah. But yeah, anyways, I was walking in front of the Alamo and there's some who I presume to be locals riding scooters and they were trying to get through all the Iowa State fans and they were just commenting, gosh, these Iowans. <laughs> and I, you know, I don't blame them because it's they're, they're probably on their usual commute and, you know, everyone was in the way. I know they have those in Kansas City now. Do they? Now that I knew they existed, yeah, I know that they they're hmm. in Kansas City. Uh, Des Moines just makes like it, it makes sense that they would come there. I, I don't know. I just think the layout would work really well with those. How many people do you think, it, on average, in a weekend, fall into the river? Uh, on an average weekend? Yeah, I don't know. Were there any any stories of Iowa State fans falling into the river? Not that I know of, but I mean, the there's no railings or anything no. like that. Like you could literally just fall in there at any time. You could, even if it's really humid or something, and the, those stones get slick. Supposedly, just slip right in. Supposedly, it's only like three feet deep. Yeah, which is nice. But still, it's like. You would think that yeah, that, with, that with the amount like of something that would happen all the time with the amount of bars and the amount of alcohol that's being served there, there's certainly going to be someone who's a little tipsy and they could easily just fall in. Well, and the fact that there's no open container law right there, like yeah. you can just walk around with your alcohol, which is super cool too. Fall right in the river, yeah. But I don't know, I would, get I'd probably, all kinds of diseases. I'd probably say it's like at least a one, once a weekend thing, if not way more. Yeah, I might be underestimating there. It's a cool city, though. I mean, it was, it, it was, yeah, it was a cool city, mm-hmm. but. It, that space was almost too small once you got all those people there, you know? I mean, you couldn't get any cell reception or anything like yeah. that. It's just like, all right, we've got like thousands of people packed into this tiny area. It was the same issue we run into whenever you could go to a tailgate at Jack Trice. Like, yeah. There's so many people there that you can't get a signal. Right. And it's like it was like the power and light on steroids, mm. you know? Uh, that's kind of how I would describe it, I guess. All right, but that's enough about the uh, football game that – happened two weeks ago mm-hmm. uh iowa state where, where, do, you, do you want to start with last night or do you want to start with saturday um that's i mean it's a tough one because we could go in chronological order but then i, I don't really want to start with the good and no i don't th- yeah i don't think that we should start with the good let's start with the bad then all right so iowa state loses last night to baylor i don't remember what the final score was 73 70 i think i believe so uh you wrote today in your midweek mailbag a little some of your thoughts yeah on the game it uh let's not make this into uh, no i'm not a, gonna a make 20 it... minutes of of just crapping on the officials because no. i know that we could do that if we wanted to exactly and like i said i could have written a whole entire article about this like itself but the thing that bothers me is that iowa state fans now I think they're so used to the stigma that other fan bases have made fun of Iowa State fans because Iowa State fans have generally gotten on the bad side of calls so many times that they get angry at the refs very easily. And I think some Iowa State fans are getting like are wanting to get out of that stigma. So I think their overreaction now is they're overcorrecting and they're like, we can never blame the refs. Right. It's always an Iowa State no matter what. Well, and it's and every time that they blame the refs, it's that you see people acknowledging it's like I know we always blame the refs, but I mean, but the refs, the officiating was horrible today. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's my whole point. You can you can both admit that Iowa State made mistakes, could have played much better, could have gotten the game completely in control where it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. But with the way it went, the refs did have a little bit of influence on the end of that game. Well, and that's what I wrote. It's like this, they did not lose Iowa State the game. No, because the site. I mean, Iowa State had, was up two with like three minutes left and had back-to-back possessions where they could have uh, gone up two possessions. Mm. One of them, 
Nick Babb, I think, just missed a shot. I can't remember for sure. And then another one, Shayok uh, had a turnover. Mm -hmm. And uh, at that point, you're like, you know, you, you had an opportunity to take control of the game. But then it was like every okay, and then there's the the jump ball happens, mm -hmm. which was objectively just absolutely terrible yeah. and, and a horrendous call. It was the quickest, one of the quickest jump balls I've ever seen called in I, college basketball. The one the official could not see the basketball, mm -hmm. so I don't know how you can declare that there was dual possession for the ball. Secondly, there there wasn't even, there wasn't <laughs> anyway. If there if anything, there should have just been a foul. Yeah. And so the game's tied at that point. You give Baylor the basketball back. Then Mackay Mason gets fouled, makes one of two. I this is when it's like, okay, Iowa State hurt themselves. You mm -hmm. know, they uh have not he misses the second one. You have an opportunity to get the rebound, not able to get it. Baylor gets it and gets a timeout and then gets another bucket. And yeah. at that point, you're like, and you can you can certainly point at that one singular the the offensive rebound that you up there and be like wow that's that's a huge reason that they lost yeah but at the same time if that jump ball never gets called then that that situation never right. happens well yeah but the, the okay yes you're right mm. but at that in that moment you know all right we're down one mm. we have to get this rebound if yeah. he misses it yep you know like that's there's no situation where it's like yeah. You know, yeah. man, we can't look back two and plays and be like, man, if we wouldn't have got that jump ball, it's like, no, you got to go get that rebound. Because at this point, yeah. it's like, you got to move on to the next thing. No, you're completely right. Because there is a, to a point you have to just roll with the hand that you're dealt. Right. And Iowa State was dealt that hand and they didn't play their cards right. Mm -hmm. They didn't get the offensive rebound. So absolutely, that goes against them. But the thing that makes me angry is when, again, calls will go against your team. Calls will go against every team. Every yeah, team. It happens all the time, especially on the road. If if it's an obvious call and they call it correctly, there's no reason that you should ever get angry at the officials for making that call. But if they make a call and it's the incorrect call and it's like national like media members are calling it out for not being the correct call, because mm -hmm. I think someone from The Athletic tweeted about it. Yeah, being, Sam Vicini. Yeah. yeah, he tweeted about it. It was really bad. When that's happening, something is wrong. And yeah. that's when I get angry at the officials. Yeah. Okay, so then even after that, you're down three, get the ball back. Mm. Uh, is that when THT took the the really bad three? Um, it, it was sometime in there, but yeah. And, okay, yeah, that it was because he they he takes the bad three. Iowa State gets the rebound. Michael Jacobson and gets then Jacobson tip gets a tip in yeah. to push it back to one. Then you foul. They go make two free throws. Uh, then Lindell, I think, shot his free throws, and then they did it again. And then it gets to the last play. The you're down three, five seconds on the clock. I know I get what Nick Babb was doing mm -hmm. in that moment where obviously Makai Mason was trying to foul him because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you, they were up three. They were going to foul. Foul or defend. Yep. And they were going to foul. And when he did that, Nick shot the ball, and it would have been a shooting foul. My only thing is that in that moment, you cannot bank on the official's calling that with five seconds on the clock less no. than five seconds on the clock you're right but at the same time if that play happened at any other time in the game when it's not less than five seconds left does that call get made yeah well last night i'm not sure i mean i obviously I mean, shot two know. free throws in the should, second okay. half yeah. let, me, let me rephrase that should that call be made yeah yeah it should and i think that it should probably be made in the final seconds yeah if you're going by the letter of the law yeah but in reality 
that should you're right very you, few officials are going to blow the whistle on yeah that. you're right and you cannot and like you said you cannot bank on them making that call because it's a it's a human judgment right well that, and it's just that. it's a moment too where officials get killed all the time for blowing the whistle in that moment and then giving a team an opportunity on something that's that was a far end of the spectrum you mm-hmm. know but if there's something borderline they're like just let the players on the floor like play it out you know like yeah. at that point some people would say you're taking it out of the hands of the players yeah and that was a moment where i i they genuinely missed that call he should have been shooting free, three free throws mm-hmm. to tie the game i don't know it, at the end of the day they didn't part of my it's just it, it it those officials just i think were from beginning to end were questionable because on one side there's times where baylor was attacking the rim and i give this i give the bears credit for this they did a better job of attacking the rim strong than what iowa state did yeah and that's why they went to the free throw line 15 times in the second half is you know there's the play where solomon young is straight up and he gets an and one mm-hmm. and i'm like that's i'm like right. man what i was like are you serious and the guy like, had what, just loaded what can you even do the guy had just cleared out five feet of space at least on the on the post up too solomon young weighs like 235 or 240 pounds mm-hmm. and the dude just plowed him into the middle of the lane yep and i was and he still maintained uh verticality yep so i was like okay that's just bad yeah like, what, that's, what can you that's do that's horrible that's perfectly perfectly good post defense right and on the same in the same vein then iowa state's attacking the rim on the other end and they're not getting anything like that mm-hmm. you know like the baylor played with their hands the entire game and even the one that i, I mentioned before where shyock turned it over he got raked across the arms and it's like yeah. Baylor went into full uh, Iowa football mode <laughs> where if you hold on every play, they're not going to call it on every play. Yeah. You know, they like if we foul you on every play, they're not going to blow the whistle every single time. Mm-hmm. And like and I think that that's what happened. And they just swallowed their whistle and they let them play on one end and they didn't let them play on the other end. And that was what was frustrating about it to me. Yeah. So there are, again, there are all these calls that we can say, oh, it maybe it should have been called the other way. But you can still acknowledge that Iowa State should have played better. And that there's definitely some there's some blame to both sides. Mm-hmm. Iowa State should have done better. Officials should have done their jobs a little bit better too. And I think you can give some credit to Baylor yeah, as well. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Makai Mason was he was on fire was for a while. was awesome for a, a stretch of that game. Yep. Devonte Bandu comes out of nowhere. Had made two of fifteen two out of fifteen three pointers in Big Twelve play, and comes out and knocks down three straight. Yep. Like it. It's just one of those nights. It was dude. one of those moments where you just like, you got to shake your hand and like tip your cap to the other guy. Cause it's like, man, apparently it's your night, you yeah. know? And okay. So it was their night and you still only lost by three on the road with these questionable calls. So that's like one silver lining. I think that you can look at. And Kirk Holland has a column that's coming out on Thursday that, you know, kind of goes through that, that I thought was, was really good. So everybody should go and check that out once uh, it should be posted by the time this is posted. So sounds good. I look forward to reading that. All right, now you want to talk about Kansas? Yeah, let's uh, talk about some good stuff. I think we can talk about this uh, as much as anything. Talking about this game, like this game's obviously been dissected. I mean, it's been mm. four or five days. Mm. Uh, let's talk about what. Let's just talk about Kansas in general okay. in the league. Okay. How do you do? You is is this it? Is this the? Uh, here's the question I was asked on the radio today. Am I buying? or selling this being the year that the streak ends. I ultimately said that I was just going to hold on it because I, I, it's too early. I mean, yeah, if you're going to give me the option to hold, then I'd hold. Right. But um, I'm actually going to buy that this is the year that the streak ends. I think, I think 
between Iowa State and Texas Tech, one of those teams should be able to play well enough in the Big 12 throughout mm-hmm. that they should win more games than Kansas does. Well, and the difference this year, I think, that than in past seasons is, you know, some of those years that Kansas was winning the league where they're going, I mean, I'd, I'd have to look up the records, but there's at least one year where they went 13 and five, mm. I think, and still won the league. And it's like, because the league is so deep, a team like, you know, whether it's Iowa State or West Virginia or whoever, mm. they can go into Stillwater and still lose, or you can go to Waco and still lose, or yep. you, or whoever else you can go to uh, go to Morgantown and you're going to lose. Like most of these teams were still going to hold serve yeah. at home, you know, and Kansas was the team that was the best at being able to go on the road and win. Mm. And uh, so when you like, when you factor all that stuff in, I think that this year the league doesn't have as many teams that you can expect to hold serve at home. Oklahoma state. Yeah. They beat Texas last night. I don't think that they're going to, they're not going to go nine and zero. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously not. They're one and one already in, in conference play, but they're not going to go eight and one yeah. in conference play at home. You mm-hmm. know, like there's a lot of teams that are going to go into Stillwater and win this year. Waco. I think there's going to be a couple teams that go in there and win this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Morgantown. I think even right now you'd be able to say that there's some teams that are going to be able to go in there and win. Mm-hmm. And I, Manhattan, we need, we'll talk about Kansas state in a little bit. I mean, I, I think it's the same thing, like where, uh, there's some teams that are not ne- on that same level as they were a couple of years ago, where it's like, it seems l- less daunting to go in there and be able to come out with a win. Yeah. Whereas before it was like the only team that was going to be able to go on the road and win consistently was Kansas. Yeah. But yeah, I, do you I get agree what with I'm you. saying. I do. I do. Like it, it's easier for the rest of the elite or the rest of the top tier. Teams right. Well, that's what I'm well. saying. Like it's it's more likely that Texas Tech or Iowa State, whoever, could go and get four or five wins on the road. Yeah. And then comp- like hold serve at home. Like right now, based on the way Iowa State's played in Hilton Coliseum recently. Yeah. I find it hard to believe that anybody's going to come in there and beat them. Correct. You know. Yeah. And I mean, maybe they will. We're their, their toughest test. They've faced one toughest test in the yeah. first uh, in their first home conference game, and they're going to face their other toughest test in the, their last home conference game. Yeah. So like we're going to find out. It's going to be bookended in that sense. Mm. But I think that that game at the end of the year, it's going to come down to who was able to win the most on the road, and if whether yeah. whether it's one of those, I think it's going to be come down to those three schools probably. Yeah, it's going to be real tough to win in Lubbock this year with yeah. how good Tech's defense is. And I think you know from the Kansas perspective too, without Azubuke. They their defense isn't as good as it as it traditionally is, and their shooting isn't going to be as good as it has traditionally has been. Did you see that they like pulled a red shirt off some guy? No, who was it? Uh, his name is uh, Oak. Uh, his name's Oak. Oche, Oche, Agbaji. Is he a, is he a post? I'm assuming. Actually, no. I thought he was. Oh, really? Yeah. He was uh. He's from Kansas City. He's a guard. Is he? Uh, is he an incoming freshman? Yeah, this year. Okay. Uh, but he was going to redshirt. Now apparently he's going to play. I thought that the reason that they pulled the redshirt off of him was to was because of Azubuke, but apparently not. Hmm. They're going to just. I mean, I think that he's just grasping at straws at this point. And that's the thing they want to keep the streak going. Right. Well, pull, that pulling out all the stops. That team, man. Like they are. I don't think that team is. They're not anything special. No. And no. that, this is by far the least talented Kansas team that I think I've seen since I've been covering them. Agreed. Like in, in the past when Kansas has come to Hilton's Coliseum, you can just tell that they are on a different level of talent right. compared to the, the other Big 12 teams. But 
the team that I watched, and again, Iowa State played really, really well, made Kansas look not that good. But at the same time, even like them warming up, they just didn't look like Kansas. To no, me. and that's what that's what it came down to for me. Where it's like the, they just don't have. Even when Iowa State would beat them in Hilton, you'd be like, man, like they won because they're in Hilton. Mm-hmm. You know, like this, like th- this was just the atmosphere that's the only and everything. Reason. And Iowa State yeah. like played up, and not the only reason, but like that a, that a huge chunk of that the like greatly like uh, uh, lessened the divide, the talent divide between the two. Yeah. On Saturday, I mean, Hilton is obviously a really good home environment. Hilton's not a seventeen point good home environment. No, like Iowa State was is very close to them, and I know CJ Moore from the Athletic wrote that Iowa State's more talented than them. I don't know that I would go out on on that limb yet. I get what he's like saying, mm. but purely just like pure basketball talent, you know. I think that it's it's a lot closer than it's ever been before. I think at the end yeah. of the day, but um, I mean. Bill Self didn't even want LeGerald Vick on his team. <laughs> Basically tried to run him out of the program. Yeah. Uh, and now he's their best three-point shooter yeah, this year. Yeah, now he's their – and, I mean, they won games. That that game Saturday night was the first time that they played against a team that they were not so much more exponentially talented than that the mistakes that they would make were – like, didn't really matter. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Got yeah, to, yeah, text. Him. Yeah, sorry, uh, I got a text from my roommate. But <laughs> um, yeah, like I mean, that New Mexico State game they played, like New Mexico State had them on the ropes. But at mm. the end of the day, it's like Kansas is way more talented than them. Yeah, so they were able to to come out with a win. Uh, but then you get up against a team like Iowa State, where it's like we're not way more talented than you. And then that you know when you don't play well, you play play stupid at times. Yeah, when you which turn, turn the team, ball over twenty plus times, team has a tendency to do. Yeah, where. I, I think that they just don't know what they're doing half the time. Yeah. I think especially, you know, having their big guy out too. I know they had a few games without him earlier in the year as well, but it's it's an adjustment, you know? Yeah. And I think they're still struggling to get completely comfortable with it. It was kind of funny to like the statement that Bill Self put out when they announced that Azubuke wasn't going to play where he like, it seemed like he was throwing shade a little bit. And then even in the press conference after, like, it seemed like he was throwing a little bit of shade. Mm-hmm. And then like the next day it comes out. It's like, Oh yeah, he tore a ligament in his hand. He's out for this, out for the year. I'd love to know all the politics that go on behind the scenes in that program too. I'm sure that I'm like, especially with all the NCAAs, like investigate or, you know, FBI investigation yeah. going on. It's funny to me that Kansas fans still seem to think that Silvio D'Souza is going to get to play this. Yeah. Year. I couldn't believe that. I was reading through their message boards and stuff and they're all like, you know, doing using hashtag free D'Souza. Yeah. It's like, no way that's going to happen. Well, I was like, I was like, man, I mean, you know, I guess we don't know that the kid did anything wrong, but I, I mean, it's pretty. Uh, yeah. Obvious. Well, it's the people out, you know, around him, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, I would say at this point, it's pretty obvious that the dude's not going to play. Like, I don't know. And, what- and the funny thing was like, they're all saying, oh yeah, I'll, I'll take the consequences if we play him and something's wrong. Like they're that worried about defending. He's the, not even that good. Like, no. I didn't think he was that great anyway. I mean, he, again, he's just, he's basically just post-depth. I thought. Right. And that's, I mean, he would have been their third big man, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, okay. And I knew that I knew that he that self was just like in full like effort mode mm. when it was like the under eight timeout and he took Diedrich Lawson out and he took uh, LeGerald Vick out. Yeah. Uh, and the lineup had. Yeah, I think I tweeted it out. I was like, he, uh, Bill Self just went full uh, screw it mode and he went he th- has a lineup with Mitch Lightfoot. Yeah. Uh, who has played a lot of basketball for Kansas as a 
yeah, fine player. You know, he would probably play a lot of minutes for a lot of other schools. Yeah. Uh, but he, I mean, he's not great. How often uh, do you actually see him get playing time right. in like meaningful situations right. nowadays? The, bye, Casey. Uh, the other Lawson brother, mm-hmm. uh, which is he's not near on the same level. He's shooting like eighteen percent from three this year. Yeah. And then, uh, and then some guy named David McCormick, who I found out actually played high school basketball with Lindell, which I never oh, did. Would, he? I would have never known that, but <laughs> he'll probably be a stud like in two years or something hmm. you know but yeah. like then it's like okay so they're playing their third big man and their fourth big man yeah and they're just like yeah i think well, we're that, not winning tonight we're just gonna say whatever now at this point that's one of those bill self mind games where he tries to get his starters to you know get back in the game well i think goalie. he was trying yeah he was trying to pull some string like push some buttons on him yeah you know but lawson looked out of sorts from the beginning like mm-hmm. he didn't look comfortable the entire game no and that was, there, there like, was a, that was his welcome to the Big 12 moment. There was a stretch there in the second half where he was scoring a, a pretty consistently, but that was about that was about it. Yeah. And I mean, they can't shoot like consistently. Mm-mm. And if they're going to try and play through the post the way that they want to, I mean, at this point, outside of LeGerald Vic, I don't think there's another guy on that team that I'm scared of no. beating me from in the guard core. Yeah, maybe Quentin Grimes, but that's yeah, I mean, it. Devon Dotson was fine. Mm-hmm. Bill Self's quote after the game was, this is one of my favorite quotes I've ever heard from an opposing coach. Someone asked him if he thought Devon Dotson, who was the leading scorer, I think he had 19 points. He's like, do you think that he's turning a corner? And Bill Self's like, he's like, everybody has a leading scorer. Yeah. You know? No kidding. He's like, he's like, Someone uh, has to- half the teams in the country lost today. Yeah. Someone led them in scoring. He's like, <laughs> I'm not going to go out on a limb and say anyone is turning the corner right now. He's like, because yeah. it, in a basketball game, if you score points, someone has to be your leading scorer in the game. Do you have any idea who asked that question? Was it like, was it someone from Kansas? Yeah. Yeah. So it was probably just someone trying to find the silver lining on the cloud. Right. It, oh yeah. It, it was like, it was just like trying They're gonna to figure a, out some positive. They're going to do a puff piece on, oh, well at least there right. was this bright spot. But when game. you're in the Hall of Fame, like you can just say blatant stuff like that, yeah. you know, like if Prome said something like that, we'd be like, I'd be like, man, Steve, like, come on, just like, give me my quote. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just want to write my story. Whereas Bill Self, it's like, man, I'm in the Hall of Fame, dude. Like, I don't yeah. care. I don't care about your story. All I know is that, yeah, the guy played fine, but it's at this point until until FBI comes out with anything for like super serious, Bill Self's untouchable, you know? He's, he's just got that status in college basketball. I mean, even, okay, yeah, the FBI comes down with something. Like, to me, that, yeah, it, it doesn't change the fact that the dude's is still a good basketball coach. Oh, like, yeah. So uh, he's still one of the, he's one of the best coaches in the, in the uh, country, you yeah. know? Well, it's I mean, like, yeah, you might have cheated to get some of your players, but you still have to be able to put the team together to, to get them to win. I mean, Barry Bonds is still good without steroids. Mark McGuire was, too. That's fine. But you can take more shots at him, you know? They should be in the Hall of Fame, too. Should Pete Rose be in the Hall of Fame? Yeah. He's oh, an all-time man. hits leader. All right. Especially now, man. Like, gambling is... Okay, yeah, gambling on your own sport. But, like, okay, don't... Put that on a on his plaque. Put an asterisk on there. Mm-hmm. He was banned from the game. You know? Like, okay. He's still... If you want what want the Hall of Fame to be what it's supposed to be... For to showcase the greatest players to be the museum of your game, like how can you just erase those people? You know, like no one ever is going to forget about Pete Rose. He's still the all-time hits leader. Yeah. Nobody's ever going to forget about Barry Bonds. Just like you said, he was great before he did steroids, and he was great afterwards. I mean, he broke the rules, though. I don't know, man. 
I, broke the rules. You got to live with the consequences. John Wooden broke the rules, too. Are we going to take away John Wooden's championships? Are we going to try and pretend that John Wooden wasn't a great coach because some guy was helping out his players at UCLA? I don't know, dude. It's not a discussion for me. I'm just saying that there's at some point, like greatness is greatness. Like it is what it is. Yeah. You know? And well, I mean, you can still be considered an all time great without officially being in the Hall of Fame. Ray Lewis allegedly murdered someone and is in the NFL Hall of Fame. Like, there, Fair. It, like, well, it's allegedly. There's like so many just like, okay. <laughs> Barry Sand, or, you know, like all these guys, like they allegedly did something, you mm-hmm. know? It's like, okay. How's that different? You know, it's like I'm saying, if you want, if the Hall of Fame want the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame wants to be the museum. And I I know that this is gonna be an unpopular opinion. I don't even care. But if you want it to be what it's supposed to be, a museum that showcases the history of the sport, then there should be a wing where they where they have those people in there. And they put put it on there like was accused of of using steroids. See, I would think. Well, okay, I I don't know the answer to this question, but. Does Cooperstown like are they officially like affiliated with the MLB? Like, I, does the I MLB, believe so. Okay, so then I mean, the MLB probably just doesn't want that ruining their brand. I'm guessing it's probably a PR thing. At this point, man, like it's been 15 years. Like, why, why backpedal from it? Like, say, yeah, it happened. It's we uh, we went through it, you know. Yeah, I, don't like, know. I think I think it takes longer than 15 years to get over that kind of stuff, though. Man, anybody that's like that worried about it, you know? See, I think. For the guys who who cheated like that and didn't do things the right way, I think you almost even have to wait until they're dead. And it's kind of sad to think about, but I think that's like the time frame that you have to wait until like they get in anywhere like that or get consideration for it. Man, I think uh, it's the same thing. Okay, Roger Clemens was a great pitcher, you know. Are we not going to like, does he not belong in the Hall of Fame? Like he was great before he did steroids. And he was great afterwards. And then he did steroids. And it's like, okay, so like, yeah, everybody was doing it at that time. So we're we just not going to put anybody from the hall, like that era of baseball into the Hall of Fame. Oh, not, not a, everybody, not but everyone. A, a majority of players probably were. A good portion of the good ones. Yeah, but you can't prove which ones were and weren't. Okay, so then we're going to put some guys that allegedly may have done it, but then like the ones that, yeah, it's like, yeah, I did it. I admit it. Okay, what if they came out and admitted it? It's like, I did it. Yeah, I did it. So then I'd take him out of the Hall of Fame. Man, I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. Like, Mark McGuire should be in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. At least that guy's shown remorse for what he did. I he think feels he should, bad about it. I think he should be in the record books, but not in the Hall of Fame. Well, how's it any different? Because the Hall of Fame honors you for, for doing something the right way. You achieve Who something. Who says that? Who made up, with that, who made up that rule? That's, well, I mean, that's my What's personal What's the right definition. way? The right way is not cheating. You can Man, show up. And, I, I guarantee if I went and went through, like, Ty Cobb was a racist, dude. Like, did he do things the right way? Did he live his life the right way? It doesn't matter. That's stuff off the off the field. If you do stuff the wrong way that influences like what you do on the field, then you should not be in the Hall of Fame. I don't know. I disagree. I, I mean, mean I, I think that if, like I said, if it's if it is, if you want to hold everybody up to like some moral standard. It's like, okay, then like, let's set it, you know, like, that's cool. Don't put Barry Bonds on the ballot. If it's like, okay, Barry Bonds did steroids. Like he's never has any opportunity to get in. Don't create the farce that he potentially could get in. You know? I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with that. And it's like, yeah. so then, but it, then it need, everybody needs to be held to that standard. Mm-hmm. If there's ever been a rumor of you taking steroids, then you can't be, you can't be considered to be in the Hall of Fame. 
at that point, in my opinion. I mean, wasn't it essentially proven that he did steroids though? Well, yeah. I mean, there's been everybody knows that. Like, I don't I think. Mean, yeah. I don't think he's ever come out and said that. So it's you know? it's, it's it's a step beyond allegedly. Okay, so out would Alex Rodriguez be in the Hall of Fame? I mean, I don't I don't know each individual situation that good to to make an informed. That's just I'm just opinion here. That's what I'm saying. Like a lot of great players from if, that time are not going to be in the Hall of Fame if today. they know for a fact and can prove that Alex Rodriguez did steroids, then no, he should not be in the Hall of Fame. He got suspended for PEDs for like 50 games or something. That's, or, that, okay, that's he might thing. even got suspended for a whole season. Like they, yeah. The whole suspensions for PEDs, that's another thing. I don't know. I, I haven't put any thought to this. Like I, I, I would hold the, the overall opinion that if you got caught using steroids or HGH specifically, then you should not be in the Hall of Fame. But I'd have to do some more thinking on that. Yeah. I just think it's like like these Hall of Fames, like I said, to me, they are supposed to be like the museum that is like this is like celebrating our game. See, you know, well, no, here's the here's the difference. I think there should be like this the diff the Hall of Fame itself, like the actual physical place mm-hmm. where there's like memorabilia and stuff, that's different than like having your name put like on a, on a plaque. Yeah, that's that's different for me. Like if you if you have like a, a wing of the the museum dedicated to you know the steroid era, quote unquote, that's fine in my opinion. But I would say to get in there, you have to uh, you have to admit to it. You have to say, "All right, I did it." You know, I show some remorse and don't be like don't be an ass about it, you know? Like just mm-hmm. be like, "All right. Yeah. I did it." You know? Yeah. And I feel bad, but at the end of the day, like there was, like I said, there was a lot of people doing it at that time. Mm. And you, you know, it's just like, it was part of it. I mean, Mark McGuire, like what he was doing during the home run chase wasn't even illegal at the time. And it like, didn't become a thing until later, you mm. know? Yeah. Again, I mean, we I went way off topic, but we did. And I, again, I'm not that well versed in all, all of these specific individual like player cases. Yeah. But again, I th- my overarching opinion, if you cheat, you should not be able to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. All right. That's fair. I just, I don't, I don't feel like it's like there should be this moral standard that we hold everybody up to. Like if you're a great baseball player, you're a great baseball player. Like put them in the Hall of Fame. If you're a great football player, you're a great football player. But if we're going to hold them up to that, then we got to do it with everybody. Like it can't be on a, like a case by case basis. Oh, there needs to be, there needs to be a set of rules of some kind. Yeah. I agree. And it's like, I mean, think about all the guys in the 80s in pro basketball, in professional baseball. A lot of the great players of those times were doing cocaine all the Mm. time. And I mean, they'll admit it now, you know, Mm. though a lot of those guys are still in the Hall of Fame. So, okay. And again, but again, though, was cocaine helping them be better basketball players? I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, but it's, still, it's that moral standard it. still. So it's still that same thing. Like if these guys are like are ruining their careers by out like doing blow all the time, you know, like that, that's questionable. If Ray Lewis goes to trial or like is connected to a murder, like that's, that's questionable. That's enough to me where it's like, man, should we celebrate this guy? You know, mm-hmm. like, is that someone you want to prop up as one of the pillars of your game well i mean leave that up to the voters i mean if he's going to be on the ballot then that's up to the voters too like do some, some individual voters might have the whole moral thing like i'm talking about on in the way and in their mind others might not really care like like you know like to me like okay yeah ray lewis like that one i'm like all right man 
it was a long time ago, like whatever, you know, like, okay, you mm. put the guy in the hall of fame, you know, cause like it, at the end of the day, it's like you, he was a good football player, you know, uh, a guy like, um, there was another one that came to my mind. I don't know. I can't remember, but there's, there's too many people that are like high and mighty about this thing. And it's like, it's a museum. Like it's, it's not, it's not this like hallowed hall, you know? See, what if, okay. So say a pitcher, a really good pitcher, say Clayton Kershaw mm-hmm. gets done with his MLB career five or 10 years is one, easily considered one of the greatest pitchers of all time. Find out that literally every game he did something with his, like some kind of tar on his hand or something that gave him more spin on the ball. Should he be allowed to be inducted to the Hall of Fame? Yeah. I, dis- ever- I disagree because he, he gained a competitive advantage that was not in the integrity of the game. At that point, I'd say, how did he do it for so long without ever getting caught? I mean, it doesn't matter. Like to me, that's just, that, I don't know. Like it, He did something wrong and he gained an unfair advantage. I don't know. You you gamed the system and it worked and you did really well. I mean, I yeah, you, you can give him that credit. I mean, absolutely. I'd be like, yeah, wow, that's impressive. Clayton Kershaw, way to do that. But at the same time, I would look back and be like, yeah, he cheated. I don't think he should be in the Hall of Fame. It's like at the, there's so many guys that's like, they get inducted now. It's like, that's a great guy. You know, like that's the first thing you hear about him. It's like, he's a great dude. And it's like, okay, well, is this a great, the great guy Hall of Fame? Or is this like the great baseball player Hall of Fame? Well, again, it's good to applaud people for being good people. Well, yeah, I agree. So yeah. then what is it? Is it the great guy Hall of Fame or is it the great player Hall of Fame? They should be inducted if into the Hall of Fame if they're a great player and they didn't cheat. I don't know, man. I think we have very like philosophical differences on this. We've talked we talked about do. it for a long time. We have. But getting back to Bill Self. Uh, is that where this originated yeah. from? Oh, Bill okay. Self belongs in the Basketball <laughs> Hall of Fame, uh, regardless of the fact that they... Uh, they they paid some players because that's been happening forever. They'd be taking a lot of coaches out of the Hall of Fame if they uh, if that was going to be the standard. That's tough too because technically, that's tough. Like coaching is different from performing too because at the same time, even though you're going to get all those good players, you still have to coach them. Like there's a, there's a step there that's different from just performing. You know, shooting three pointers. Well, and there's a lot of coaches that get good players that don't win. that don't coach win. I or mean, coach well, yeah. At the end of the day, like for them to win 14 consecutive conference championships is one of the great feats yeah. in college athletics. Yeah, I agree with that. Regardless of whether he's been cheating all this time or not, that is a, a really good accomplishment. Yeah, because it, really at the end of the day, too, the guys that like most of the guys that they've done it with are guys that are there for a mm-hmm. while. I mean, the Frank Masons and the Perry Ellis's and the, the Morris twins, like they played at Kansas for a couple of years. Like it's not like every single team is completely different. You know, mm-hmm. it's not Kentucky yeah. where every year you're turning over the entire team and you know, who else is in the, the, the uh, basketball hall of fame? Who? John Calipari. Yep. That there's, there's a great coach and it's like, you know, a great coach when you see one, I think more often than not. And like Bill Self's yeah. a great coach. I don't, I don't disagree. I don't even know how we like ended up on this thing. Did not, t- did not plan on talking about the, the merits of getting in the hall of fame today. That's for sure. But anyways. Mark McGuire should be in the Hall of Fame, though. Disagree. I'm a Cardinals fan, and I disagree. If, Albert, if it came out, Albert Pujols did steroids, would you say he should? No. No? Man, I'd, I couldn't go against my guy. 
I mean, I, I love Albert Pujols too, but at the same time, if you cheated to win, then you're not a winner. I, I don't know, man. That's tough. That's how it is. That's tough. All right. Uh, we're already at 40 minutes because we just talked about that for probably 20 minutes. 20. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how do you feel about Kansas State coming into Hilton on Saturday? Um, I am not worried that much at all, actually. And, no. I, and on, on one hand, that kind of scares me a bit because usually when I'm not worried, Iowa State like doesn't do that well. But I think Kansas State is dealing with a few injuries that are probably significant for their outlook for the rest of the season. And I just think that Iowa State's probably going to roll them at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I... They got if had so many injuries and stuff like that, and it's just like, uh, we'll talk about this in hot and not. I'm I'm having some serious questions about my guy, <laughs> about the eliteness down there in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the Silver Fox. Yeah, this is uh, this is <laughs> things have really slid after the uh, after their deep run in the NCAA tournament last year. The Elite Eight appearance, maybe it. Okay, so it turns out maybe if you play the six a 16 seed in the round of 32. You, it is to your benefit. Might be. It it might be that. Mm-hmm. That might know, the, ca- the jury's still out, but it might be. Yeah, it might give you an advantage over past eight and nine seeds. Yeah, that that's certainly true. Uh, all right, let's do our mailbag questions real quick. Sure. All right, first mailbag question. I actually answered this one in my mailbag as well, but I wanted to get your opinion on it as well. Which players from this year's? Oh, this is from J.K. Clone Fifteen. Which players from this year's in men's basketball team? will play in the NBA or G League at some point in their career. What would you set at the over-under? Um, NBA or G League. Uh, okay. Well, if we're going to say just the NBA first, I'd say Lindell, THT, Tyrese are all, at this point to me, locks to play at least one game in the NBA. Mm. Uh, they will play a lot more than one, but just just for the sake of this discussion. Uh, I would say that Shayok is... In the conversation, uh, I think that Nick Babb probably is in the conversation. I, you know, that, no, yeah. No matter how, I know there's a lot of people that are that question his ability, but the guy's like got some intangibles, and, yeah, and some. He's got some good size. He, he's got a skill set. He's got length. He's got size. Like he's a smart player. Yep. Uh, I think that he'll probably get a look from somebody. He'll be on a summer league team mm-hmm. and if he played well in the summer league i wouldn't be surprised if he got signed to a g league team or a g league like a g league roster or on a two-way or something um shock is probably the same way uh cam you know depending on how he can keep his head on straight yep i think that he's probably in that same conversation so that's six uh jacobson's the only rotation player you haven't really mentioned yeah jacobson J- I, Jacobson seems like a guy who's going to play like overseas. Somewhere. Oh yeah. He's going to play like 15 years in Italy or something, I agree. And make a boatload of money and just be like, and you know, like every year we're going to hear about Michael Jacobson like yeah. playing in the championship in some league over in Italy or something. Almost like a Melvin Edgem. Yeah. Kinda, yeah that kind of guy. Kinda so I don't, he could maybe get a cup of coffee in the G league or like he'll play in the summer league. I'm sure at some point, uh, then, um, I think George Condit, eventually has potential if he can develop to be in that conversation. Um, I'd say Zion probably does too. Mm. If he can, you know, kind, it's of just so, a, kind of grow into his potential. It's just so early. For it's both so early those with guys. those two guys. Cause they're just kind of developmental guys right yeah. now. Uh, so I'd say uh, over under 
five. Mm. Five, yeah. I five, right five and a half in my mailbag. So yeah, yeah. About right. Five and a half. I mean, that I thought that was about right. Mm. I think that's probably because I, like I said, I think the three of the two freshmen and Lindell are basically locks. Mm. And then Shyock and Bab are like, are, I think we'll probably both play in the G League. And then those other guys, you know, like that could be down the road, but they'll yeah. all be in the conversation. We'll find out in two or three years, probably. Right. For sure. Guys. All right. What's, up, what's next? All right. Uh, second and last mailbag question. From BC Clone, he asks, how many Twinkies could you eat at once? I've never ate a Twinkie before. Really? Yeah, I don't think so. This is news to me. So we're going to have to have Twinkies sometime on Stains and Fits. Yeah, I don't know. If I've had one, I don't remember it. Okay, do you, it wasn't a very memorable experience. Do you have a, a favorite Little Debbie snack? I'm a big Cosmic Brownies guy. I like Cosmic Brownies. Cosmic Brownies and uh, oatmeal cream pies. Uh, that's, my, that's my second favorite. My all-time favorite is Nutty Bars. Okay. Personally. Yeah, that's a good one too. So, yeah, no, Twinkies, I, I feel like Twinkies are overrated. I, I do too. Um, and it's kind of interesting how they're, they're like the default uh, Little Debbie. I think people, when they think Little Debbie, they immediately default to, to Twinkies. Mm -hmm. Or I don't, I don't know. If it, is it Hostess? It might be Hostess. I might be in my... Yeah, it might be. I don't, my need, brands up. I don't know. But anyways. One of those brands. I went, I went ahead and looked up how many calories are in a single Twinkie and it's 150 calories. So if you factor in like an average meal probably comes in between like a thousand to 1500 calories mm -hmm. then in, I, in like a, in like if you sat down to eat a regular size twinkie meal yeah. just twinkies you'd probably eat like 10 but if you like really pushed yourself right. then I'm, I'm not a huge sugar person yeah i mean i like sugar but it's mm -hmm. like not in mass quantity right i'm not like i would eat one twinkie and i'd probably be good mm -hmm. you know like i like man i had my twinkie yeah like, that's cool uh but i wouldn't be like I'm not going to like try and eat a bunch of Twinkies. <laughs> but for the sake of the question. I wonder what the record is. I'm going to I'm sure it's out there. Go ahead and Google it. But I would say I, I'm comfortable saying that I think I could eat at least 25 Twinkies if I really sat down and tried to force myself. You find anything uh, on the record? Joey Chestnut. <laughs> oh, of course. Oh, my God. Is it something like, is it something stupid? Like so many and so long? In 2013, Joey Chestnut ate 120 Twinkies in six minutes. Six minutes. Dang. That's unbelievable. Yeah, that is. That's like 10 boxes of Twinkies. Yep. So, okay. So, if you think he, Joey Chestnut, I, I can't remember what the, the exact record is now, but he eats what, like six, around 60 hot dogs? Yeah, 60. I think it's between 60 and 70. Yeah. In the, in the Nathan's hot dog eating contest every year. Yeah. So, basically, he ate twice the amount of Twinkies. 74 did. is the record, I think. Okay. Yeah. But again, still essentially twice as the amount of Twinkies as he did hot dogs. Correct. Which Here. I guess if you think about it, you're eating cream instead of a hot dog, like in the middle of the bun. Yeah. I mean, this is just, like, that's just ridiculous. It is. He does not have the Twinkies record, apparently. Oh. So that wasn't even the record? Uh, Joey Chestnut's records include uh, St. Elmo's Shrimp cocktail 15 pounds of shrimp cocktail in eight minutes dang man i'd puke yeah uh deep fried asparagus 12 pounds of deep fried asparagus in 10 minutes i don't even i couldn't eat one pound i couldn't hardly eat one piece of asparagus without wanting to throw up well, okay here's the thing though it's deep fried yeah that would actually be pretty good i think i'm not a big hey, okay do you do you like onion rings no okay never mind then uh pork <laughs> ribs 
13.76 pounds of pork ribs in 12 minutes. That's a pound of ribs a minute. Yep. It's a lot. More than a pound of ribs. 4.5 pounds of steak plus sides in eight minutes. Matzo balls. What are matzo balls? Uh, Is that mozzarella? Mozzarella balls? Oh, maybe. Yeah. He ate 78 of those in eight minutes. Jeez. Uh, 70 bratwursts in 10 minutes. 141 hard-boiled eggs in eight minutes. 32 pork roll sandwiches in 10 minutes. And 81 four-ounce mutton sandwiches in 10 minutes. Yeah, he's good at eating stuff. That's unbelievable. We've confirmed. How do, how do people eat that much? Well, I think it's like, it takes training. Like you have to expand your stomach so it can, it can take on that much food. Imagine how much you have to like to eat just to even want to like that, have that be like your thing. And again, this, this is, this is kind of going into like the, the gross side of things, but what, what are, what are your bowel movements like after eating that much, you know? Yeah. Imagine eating all those hot dogs. <laughs> yeah. Like you'd be on the toilet for three days. <laughs> Nonstop. Yeah. Like every hour you'd be going back. Be like, oh, here comes some more hot dog. Well, at that point, you've almost eaten so many that you've like, it, you ate so much that it just pushed them through. Like you're almost pooping out hot dogs, <laughs> just straight hot dogs. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. That's a good visual. I was going to say that's a good mental <laughs> image for everyone. Man, that that caps a, as wild of a 50 minutes of stands and fits as we've had in an intro as in, well. In quite a while. Yeah, that's just segment one. We'll be right back with Hot and Not on Stands and Fits presented by the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State from the Carl Chevrolet Podcast Studios on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Hey guys, it's Chris interrupting this podcast because, you know, everybody wants to know that I get it asked all the time. How can we help Cyclone Fanatic? Well, you help Cyclone Fanatic by you support our advertisers and everybody needs to be aware of eye care. I wasn't for a long time, and I went to Ames Eye Care, and they really helped me out. It's changed my life. I don't have headaches the way that I did. You've heard me talk about this. They're also in Des Moines at Des Moines Eye Care, and you need to think about this with your family. Get the kids checked out. Encourage the wife. Anything. Personalized eye care. Designer eyewear. I've got these sweet Maui gym glasses that I use at work all the time. People think they look awesome. They meet your whole family's vision needs at Ames and Des Moines Eye Care. Check them out today and support Cyclone Fanatic. Time for Hot Knot here on Stands and Fits. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? I'll go first. Okay. All right. My hot this week, Mackenzie Bezos. By simply divorcing her husband, Amazon founder Jeff Bezos, she is set to become the world's richest woman. Is that insane? So she's an author, and if she gets an even split of their net worth, then she would be worth about $69 billion simply by divorcing, 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 divorcing her husband. $69 billion. I'll repeat that one more time. Get a prenup, kids. Yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, crazy. Yeah. Imagine having like you lose half of your value and you're still, you still have $69 billion. Yeah. It's in, incredible. And I think if I, if I read correctly, they'd been together 20 plus years um, too. So it's not like a, it's not like a, she's only been with him for oh, okay. a few years wanting to get his money oh. kind of thing. I'll say maybe no prenup then. Yeah. So it, it's a, it's a full on, they've been together for a long time. They just don't want to be together anymore. That's crazy though. Like that's just a, that's a ridiculous amount of money. It is. And, and again, splitting that money in half and she's the richest woman in the world. That just goes to show how rich Jeff Bezos was. Is. I mean, he's still, he's still got yeah. 69 But the thing is, I, I did also see that if this does completely go through, then Bill Gates would be back to being the richest guy in the world. 
So where would that what what would that bump Bezos down to? I wonder. Um, I'm not sure about that. I don't know if he get passed up by Buffett too or not. I would. I would. There might there I might be imagine a, so. There might be a list of richest men in the world. So just give him 69 billion as well, and that'd be where he slots in. Right. Uh. All right. World's billionaires 2018. Let's see where see where Jeff falls to. All right. Poor Jeff falling down the down the list. Yeah, I feel really bad for him. Yeah, me too. Um, Bezos is I don't, Bezos's fortune let more than 39 billion the list biggest one year gain ever moves ahead. Uh yeah, cuz he he Amazon got way bigger in 2018. Yeah. Okay, he was at 112. So then Gates is at 90, Buffett's at 84, Bernard Ar- Arnault, I don't know who that is, uh, Zuckerberg's at 71, So he'd be behind- Amancio Ortega is at 70, uh, so he would be uh, like- seventh okay. ahead of uh, Carlos Slim Halu. Hmm. I don't know who that is. <laughs> Me either. All those guys are probably like oil, oil uh, dealers or something. Yeah, right ahead of the Koch brothers. Gotcha. Jeff Bezos. Still top 10 though. Good yeah. job, Jeff. Still, still top 10. Lose half, half, of your, half of your wealth. Yeah. And still top 10 in the still world. Still top 10 in the world, man. That's so some of these people, I swear. Yeah. Uh, all right. My hot this week is Chris Beard. Uh, we mentioned Texas Tech a little bit. Um, and I mentioned I have reservations about my guy, Bruce Weber. Maybe not as elite as, uh, as I previously thought. Mm-hmm. Chris Beard is my new elite coach in the Big 12. He's elite. What that guy has been able to do in Lubbock, Texas is unreal. I am surprised at how fast he got that program turned around. Right. I mean, he's, this is year three. Yeah. And, and he's, he's turned them from like bottom dweller, big 12 to best defensive team in the country. Right. And they were, I mean, borderline a top 15 team last year. Mm-hmm. And now they're a top 10 team this year. Yep. He won 30 games at Arkansas Little Rock. And I don't think, I don't think Arkansas Little Rock's won 30 games in the three years since he, it's since clear. he left. He, he's, he's almost like the, the Matt Campbell of Big 12 basketball. You know? Yeah. I'm interested to see. He, like, he starts getting, is starting to get thrown around for like every job now, too. I mean, UCLA. Mm-hmm. I guess that's really the only job open right now. But, <laughs> but it's a big one. Right. UCLA, like they're, they're throwing his name around. And mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how, if he stays, because I know that he's a Lubbock guy. Like He was there yeah. with Bob Knight. And, uh you know, during those, those years of Texas tech basketball, yep. uh, Chris Beard also high on my list because I still have a standing invitation to, uh, go visit him in Lubbock from his first big 12 media day when that's no right. one wanted to talk to him. Oh, that's right. You told me that story. Yeah. You went over and talked to him. That's cool. And he's, he's like, you, you can come down to Lubbock this year. <laughs> it wasn't okay. Speaking of, you know, towns in Texas, it was nice to see Waco, Fort Worth, and Austin all on the drive down on I-35. I know you flew. Mm-hmm. We drove. So we got to go through those towns. So I, now I have a general idea of where those are in, in relation to in Texas. Did so. you uh, develop an affinity for Waco? I did not. We did stop in Waco on the way back. And Did you go to the silos or whatever it's called? No, 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 no. The place that everybody talks not, about? We did not go to the Magnolia stuff. Yeah, I didn't. I'd, that was brought up, but we just decided we wanted to get back home. But we stopped and ate barbecue. I think it was at like Rudy's or something like that. Oh. It's pretty good. They had good brisket. So Should have gone to the Dr. Pepper factory. Is that is that a thing? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Dr. Pepper was born in Waco. Hmm. Didn't know that. 
Next time, don't, I, don't fact check me on that. I'm pretty sure that's correct. If, if that's correct, next time I'm in Waco, I will stop there and go see Chip and Joanna. Yeah, <laughs> have fun. <laughs> I will. Sounds like something your wife would make you go do. Um, actually, she's not a she's not the biggest. Are you watching The Bachelor this year? I am. I watched uh, the first episode. Did you? I I mean, it wasn't wasn't my choice, but yeah, dude, you, you are my my group of friends did a Bachelor girl draft. Of course you did. Yeah. So. I saw they have a fantasy league. They do. I'm, I'm taking part in that as well. <laughs> it was funny though, because there's a man, I was just watching it and I, I was like, not okay. Not to spoiler alert or, but if you haven't, if you, for whatever reason, if there's someone listening to this podcast who wants to watch the bachelor premiere, who hasn't seen it yet, don't listen to this part. There is a girl named Demi who was basically openly bragging about being a little loose with the way she does things. She likes to have sex. Yeah. Yeah. She likes to have yeah, sex. Yeah. Um, I believe the quote was why it's something along the lines of why have just vanilla or chocolate when you can be confetti cake? <laughs> well, yeah, I think she, or yeah, it was like, uh, well then isn't she the one too that said I haven't dated a, a virgin since I was 12. Yes. And yes. I was like, Oh my God, what? Yeah. The fact that she was so forward with that is really telling. Man, I, this is, I don't think I've ever watched a full episode of that show before. And I'm sitting there looking at some of these girls and I'm just like, man, like there's a girl on there that's like a speech pathologist mm -hmm. or like a dental hygienist. Mm -hmm. And they're like 26. Yeah. It's like, it's like you, you don't need to go on a TV show. Exactly. You to, can get any guy in your area. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like, like just like. Get, like, and that's okay. That's go the thing. to the bar. That's like, another thing. I'm, I'm go to a coffee shop. I'm convinced more and more these days that it's fake, dude. It's it, all I fake. mean, it's oh, yeah, absolutely 100% it's all fake. But 90% of the girls who apply for The Bachelor probably just want to use it as a platform to launch their Instagram career, right? Oh, I, I definitely think so. Yeah, I mean, like they're not actually looking for love, no, and they're trying to do everything they can to just make it more and more dramatic, outrageous, yeah, you know, like yeah. that's why everything is the way it's, it's allegedly going to be on the most dramatic bachelor ever. Uh, that's it's the most dramatic bachelor ever, ever, every season. I was going to say <laughs> it. And that's like, it just gets continuously more and more ridiculous. Yeah. But just to like, see in like the girls that were like crying that they got sent home. Yeah. I was like, you, you can go you get any this, guy you want. Well, you met this guy once. And you probably had like 20 talk, minutes. Right. And you talked to him, him for 20 minutes and now you're like bawling your eyes out when you got, you yeah. didn't get a rose on the first show. Mm -hmm. And I just wonder about those. Like I said, like the one girl's a speech pathologist. Like I think it might even be her. And like the, there's one that's a, a dental hygienist. Like there's a bunch of them that have like really good careers. Yeah. And you're like, like who is doing your job? Like yeah. while you're off filming this show in Colorado yeah. or wherever you're at, like these, these beautiful women are making probably at or close to six figures. At least, at least literally they could get anyone they wanted. And instead they're going after this one solo guy who is also happens to be dating 30 other women. Right. Well, and then they, and then it shows them all getting worked up over the fact that he's like developing relationships with all these other women. It's like, have you, yeah. Do you know what the bachelor is? Well, yeah. <laughs> have you watched the show before? Yeah. Like, like, how hard was that to figure out? I can't believe he's not focusing only on me. Right. It, yeah. I, I just, oh, it's, it's completely dumb, but it's just complete, completely, uh, it's, it's just dumb entertainment. And just some of the stuff they would do, like when they're pulling up, I was like, what? 
Like, yeah, why? Sloth, Sloth Girl really pulled out. All oh, the that was yeah. It that. was painful to watch. And I, you know, honestly, like the people who do that actually usually last for a few weeks just because they do stand out. Well, I think they. I mean, the one girl that kept pulling, like, kept interrupting everybody. She she went on, okay. That's like I was like, how are they getting? Like, how is like this dude? I, I saw her and I was like, man, that girl is crazy. Yeah. She okay. She's guaranteed to last for a few weeks because the producers probably tell him to keep her around just because she's a villain. Yeah. Like they need some drama. Everybody. Yeah. All the girls are gonna hate her. Yeah. So villains are almost always guaranteed to stick around no matter how much you hate them. I hate myself for the fact that I was able to have this conversation with you. Yep. You have to keep it up because uh season's going to roll on. Um, no, dude, you, you, okay. I can't do You it. might not watch every episode, but you're going to check in every now and then. And eventually you'll get to that point where you're kind of, kind of looking in. I looked at the spoilers. Did you? Yeah. No, okay, don't spoil it for me. I'm a big, I'm a big, uh, non-spoiler guy. Wait. So how could I help your fantasy team? If I told you who, who wins? Um, yeah, you probably could, but it's more like a week to week thing though. Like, oh, okay. You get points for like whoever kisses him and stuff like that. Oh it's it's real, real high level stuff. So that's embarrassing. Yeah. All right. Uh, is it my turn for my not? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was somehow we got to the bachelor from Chris Beard. That's what, that was our tangent. How did we get there? I don't know. I don't remember either. Anyways, moving on. My not this week, Baylor football. It sounds like they could lose Matt Rule to the NFL. I don't know if this has been confirmed yet. It was, it was I a think rumor. That it was supposed to like go through tonight. It was supposed to. It might have broken while we were recording, actually. But anyways. I'm going to look. Keep talking. They could lose their head coach to the NFL, which in itself would be very, very sad. Um, simply heartbreaking to see something like this happen to a program like that. Yeah, it sucks, doesn't it? Yeah. feel really bad for that, those fans, that administration. <laughs> yeah. Really stinks for him. Yeah, just, that's such. Having to go back to square one. Man. Such a such a great guy would you know? Yeah, just choose to bail on him like that. Uh, not seeing anything. Okay, someone tweeted. Just briefly spoke with Matt Rule. This is from Jessica Mori on Twitter. Okay, appears to be a television person in Waco. I asked him if he was leaving, and he said, "I'm still in Waco." <laughs> That's not a no. And then she said, I should be more specific. I spoke with Matt rule when I saw him driving home from work. I just happened to pull up next to him at a stoplight in Waco. Uh huh. Sure. You did. That, that seems a little bit weird, right? I'm looking deeper here. I don't. Cause the job he was rumored for was the jets. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Football scoops. I think they, they ran with that thing. Asked if he was taking the Jets job. Matt Rule told KCEN TV's Jessica Mori, I'm still in Dwayco. <laughs> yeah, I, I know some people like him, even like especially people in Baylor, but he just seems he comes off like a scumbag to me. Like he seems like he's all about himself as opposed to the program. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's a. Uh... Maybe that's just a personal interpretation. You can't right. say anything because you're an actual reporter. No, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you. I, I know some, some story, stuff, some stories about Matt rule that right. probably aren't appropriate podcast, podcast. appropriate. Right. Um, not because they're bad, just because, well, I'm not, they're not good don't, either. Don't make him look great, but <laughs> just because of where I know them from. Yeah. Uh, all right. My not this week, 
Les Miles' new proposed recruiting rules, uh, specifically for reporters uh, that cover Kansas recruiting, uh, he's pushing for a change from the 25 signee in one class cap to a, in one season to where you can sign 50 kids across two seasons. And I am praying for the guys at Kansas that would have to cover less as 45 man recruiting class just to like completely turn over the roster. Yeah. Wouldn't that suck? That would be horrible. Have to write a pro like a, a, a couple paragraph profile at least on all, all those recruits. I mean, even just to keep track of them all well, and like doing interviews with all of them as well. Well, and even knowing all their names, Yeah, you know, like yeah. remembering every kid on the commitment list, you're like, okay, wait, so who's this guy again? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like that's, I don't think you could even find that many kids that would be good enough, like, or would be worth, no. it would probably just be the same like, at the end of the day. Anyway. That's the thing. Like you would, you would want to, technically you'd want to fill those scholarships for the first year. It's then, just like one school. Like, one school is the only one that would want that rule. Yeah. But then you're stuck with all those freshmen when you could have like gotten even better players the next season, you know? Right. Yeah. I think Les is a little, being a little short-sighted on this. I, I think, think that so he too. got to Kansas and was like, oh crap. <laughs> I did not know what I was facing here. What did I get myself into? Right. Yeah. He, uh, which I think we probably all could have guessed that something like that was going to happen. Yeah. But I, like I said, prayers up for the guys tasked with covering that. Cause that sounds absolutely horrible. Mm-hmm. All right. So we got to recap our underrated underdogs. Yes, we do. So, uh, we tied. Did <laughs> shocker, uh, shocker. Yep. So to recap, which teams uh, we picked that one stands picked Nevada, <laughs> Nevada, Nevada, go, Min- go Cubs, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Virginia, Florida, International, Florida, Northwestern, and Texas. The crazy thing is that some of the ones that I hit on were like the more crazy ones. Yeah. You know, like I'm, Texas, I, Texas was one. Yeah. I still have the, I think I threw, I think I threw away my sheet after it all ended, but. If you have your, you don't want to remember out. our prestigious. I know that Texas was your your biggest spread pick. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, Texas was plus eleven when we picked it. Uh, Northwestern was plus seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, FYU plus five and a half. I mean, the other ones all kind of came from that. Yep, middle range. Wisconsin. Wisconsin was like I felt like that was the lock of the freaking. Century. Yeah, that, that was that was a good pick. That was one of your first few picks, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um. I wonder how we would have done if we would have been going against the spread. Uh, that's a good question. Maybe that's what we should have done as our tiebreaker instead of this farce that you created. Nah, dude, it's not farce. Um, so I, I will mention that I picked Syracuse, Troy, Duke, Baylor, Wake Forest, Kentucky, Iowa, and Oklahoma State. And the reason we came up with the tiebreaker we did, which we agreed upon before the national championship, was that I got Clemson in the national championship, who were, I think, six point dogs to Alabama because the Armed Forces Bowl was or the first responders bowl i believe was yeah. canceled and that was one of my picks so i got to fill up that in for my to keep it even in the, in the in the picks department so then when clemson won that pushed me to nine and that was that was why i won uh we should we need to go back and look at the timestamp when you tweeted that at me to ask if that was okay i'm pretty confident that was um with like 10 games left in the bowl season when i was still trailing by like one now, admittedly, I think I had like three or four more games left at that point than you. For some reason, I feel like you tweeted that at me like it. I know that I... 10 I, o'clock at night or something. I know that when I 
um, proposed that I was in trailing you in, in the, in the overall standings. Cause I didn't want to get to the point where I lost by one and it was because I had one less game, you mm-hmm. know? So, all right. But anywho. Yeah. I don't think uh, we ha- we've having discussions on what the, <laughs> it is. I mean, what the, I never would have guessed that Clemson would, would destroy Alabama like they did. No, that was like uh, unfathomable. I, I, it was, it was mostly, it was mostly like a, Hey, you, will you throw me this bone? Give me Clemson just to fill out the, the, the even numbers. Yeah. Like, I wasn't actually expecting to win the tiebreaker on that. Yeah. I mean, I even, would I have won if Alabama had won? Like, how would that have even have worked? We still would have just tied. We just That's the tied. only thing I thought about us. Like how, it, so how did that work? We probably like, would have had to do something like involving the NFL. Yeah. I'm guessing. Keep it football related. Against the spreads. You know, we could keep, we could keep it going. If you really wanted to, we could do NFL playoff games. All right. Maybe next, starting next week. Yeah. We're well, not prepared at all. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> even, yeah. Even though, or we could it do it basically just, we each pick one. Like, yeah, one of us gets AFC and one of us gets NFC yeah. with next week. That's true. So what, what are, out of curiosity, let's see, what are the spreads on those games? Uh, here I can look. I have no idea. I would assume the, my friend got out of the game. Oh, did he? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, is that, is that a resolution? Uh, no, it's been a, that, that happened early in college football season. Ah. Uh, Kansas City minus five and a half, LA minus seven, New England minus four, and New Orleans minus eight for this week. Okay. So now repeat back which which of those teams are favored for, or which of those teams are the underdogs? Indianapolis uh, plus five and a half, Dallas plus seven, uh, LA plus four, or the Chargers plus four, and Philadelphia plus eight. See, I think of, of those, I'd take the Colts and the Chargers as my most likely. Yeah, those I was looking at the Chargers, mm-hmm. uh, but the Colts would be the second one. That's based almost purely on history. Yeah. But anywho. All right. Would you rather? We'll figure that out for next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, one and 250. Let's go with number four. Would you rather only be able to whisper or only able to shout? Whisper. You wouldn't be able to wreak any havoc in Hilton Coliseum? I would not, but I think there are many more situations in life where it's much more inappropriate um, to to, just be shouting. To be shouting. Like if you're whispering, yeah, it could be inconvenient. But again, I'd rather be inconvenient than inappropriate. It would be more inconvenient like on the phone or something. Yeah. Phone, or phone in crowds. Yeah. But you could get by without phone calls. It, like, cause you, again, you could re- like do yeah. text messages and emails and stuff in crowds would suck, but you could learn sign language or something. Recording this podcast would make, <laughs> it, it would make it way more hard, like way harder for me to produce it. Yeah. You know, that's true. You'd have to, I'd have to go through and bump up all of your audio individually. Yeah. Yeah. Every time you talk, I have to go in and like bump it up. Mix it. Yeah. All right. But you'd, also, you'd also have to do the same if I was shouting. It would just be a little, uh, yeah, that's bit, fair. a little bit lesser. Well, I could just turn your microphone way down. Well, you could turn it way up when I'm whispering. I mean, your microphone's almost all the way up right now, and we're talking oh, at it? a normal level. I'm sorry. I can, I can start yelling if you like. No, it's, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I don't want to hear that in my ears. Uh, yeah, I'd probably say whisper too, though. Mm. Um, all cool. right, what's another one? One in 250? Um, 42. Jackie Robinson. 
he's in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> uh, would you rather have to always watch your favorite show live and sit through all the commercials or DVR it, but never know the ending because it stopped recording too soon? Oh my God. That's not even a question. Why would I never, why would I ever choose to not knowing the ending? Okay. But what if you're busy during the time that it's on? Oh, so you're saying I can never like you, watch it. Yeah. You have to watch it live or oh. you can't watch it. So this is like throwing it back to before the internet or you yeah. To, before the internet was a thing. You have to get your VHS tapes back out. Ooh, man. Oh, that's tough. I still think I, I would, I would just make it a point to schedule around them. I, I would still want to know the endings. So I, I will do the whole, I would watch it live. It's a long block of time for two hours of The Bachelor. Three hours was the premiere. But yeah, you're, you're right. Two hours is the regular episode, but it was... It was I think I lost premiere. all sense of time yeah. while watching it. You were just enjoying so much that time just flew by. That's what happened. I was just sitting there thinking about how stupid some of those people were. <laughs> um, would you agree with me though? Would you, would you do yeah. that or would you DVR and not know the ending? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, I couldn't not know the end. Because mm -hmm. especially a lot of the shows that I like, they all... You know, do they wait until like the big reveal at the end? Right. Well, yeah, it's just, they, you, they always are intense to the final moments. Yeah. We're like, you know, I'm just trying to think, cause you, you don't watch game of Thrones, right? No, we've Again, covered this. We've covered this. I know yeah. I just confirming cause I, I, I would use that as my example. Like it would suck to not know some of the endings of game of Thrones episodes, but, um, like for me, true detective comes back on Sunday. Mm -hmm. If I didn't, wasn't able to watch the last, you know, five minutes of true detective. Yeah. That would, that would suck. Here's another thing. If this, if this applied to sports, how, how much would that suck? There's nothing more annoying than recording a game. And even if you put the extension on it yeah. and it still runs out, that would always happen with Iowa state football games. Mm. That happened to me with the West Virginia game. Uh, I think it happened with the um, Kansas state game mm. where it's like, it gets just to the intense part mm. and then it cuts off. It happened to me with the TCU game last year. Yeah. It was like, man, just when I wanted, like everything was going to get awesome. And then it just cuts off and it's done. Cause I mean, if you really think about it, if you, if you think about like weekly shows and you can, it's not that big of a deal to set aside two hours to watch an Iowa state basketball game. Right. But for whatever reason, it seems like more of a big deal to time it and watch, you know, your, your regular programming. Yeah. I can't remember the last show that I watched like live lot. Yeah. yeah. Usually like we're so used to like doing the Netflix binge watching even thing. I almost even forget sometimes. Like I know what day the show's on, mm -hmm. you know, but what time, right. You know? It's like, like Atlanta for in instance, like I always knew it was on, I think it was on Thursdays. Mm -hmm. It was like, I knew it on Thursday nights late on a Thursday night that I'd have a new episode of Atlanta on my DVR, mm -hmm. but I was never going to be like, Oh, I got to be at my house, like watching <laughs> yeah. Atlanta at whatever, nine 30 or whatever you, it is. You just know in the back of your mind that you can roll on whenever you want. Start right. Watching. Yeah. True yeah. detective. I might watch live on Sunday though. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, let's do one more. All right. Let's go down to number 177. <laughs> Would you rather have body hair that grows inexplicably fast or the hair on your head grow extremely slow? I would say probably the hair on your head. I was going to say, cause you could just get it cut to a certain length and you never have to cut it for a while. Yeah. And you just get, keep on getting it cut like super, you know, like not very much at each time if you right. really wanted to. You, you like that would basically get rid of a lot of money of regular haircut, haircut costs. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be phenomenal. Yeah. Why, why would I want like to have to maintain all my body hair all the time when I could just like get rid of my regular hair growth Yeah, and have it be less maintenance. That's one of the, 
I don't, I don't know if we talk about that enough enough. How much it sucks like having to go get a haircut often, you know? Like right now, like I my I badly need a haircut. I need a I haircut just, too. I just don't want to go because like it's like, oh God, I have to go get a haircut. It's just such a yeah, it's such a process, <laughs> yeah. you know? And then yeah. Every Every time I do it, it's like, you think like, oh man, now I'm not going to have to get a haircut again for a while. Yeah. And then you, but then all of a sudden, like, it seems like it's a day later and you need a haircut again. Yeah. And you're like, damn, I gotta, I gotta go get a haircut. Exactly. And again, each time you're out like 15, 20 bucks, depending on where you go. Yeah. At least. Yeah. yeah. So it sucks, dude. Haircutting, man. I mean, I, I, I'm convinced that we should just all go bald, um, get a pair of clippers, you know, just be away with it. That's what my dad's done. I have seen myself bald. That's true. You I'll have pass. gone bald. I'll pass. I'll pass on <laughs> hey, being bald all the I mean, time. At least you've been there. Like people will be, people will see you bald and be like, oh, you did the whole shaving your head thing again. Yeah. Good for you. I've never gone bald. So I wouldn't know what I look like that way. You might kind of look like a badass with your beard, honestly. That's true. I could keep the beard. Yeah. That'd be a, you should do that. Then you wouldn't have to get a haircut again for a long time. That's true. The only part that sucks is it starts to grow in uneven. You know? Oh yeah. So then like once it starts growing back, then you have to go and get a haircut to like make it. Yeah. Like I had to go in and get mine faded so that it didn't look stupid. Mm. And I was like, okay. Honestly, if I was still well, single, it's more stupid than it already did. If I was still single, I probably would have tried to buzz cut at least at to this point, but I would not be able to do that in my current, um, being married situation. She doesn't like buzz cuts. She, she would not like it if I got rid of basically all my hair. So yeah. I have something to hold on to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you went there. Uh, all right, thanks, man. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, things got heated about the Hall of Fame. I wouldn't even say it was heated. We just disagreed on something. But I mean, I, I wasn't really prepared to make the a counter argument. But it was interesting that we kind of went down that road. Nothing, nothing wrong with a, a you know good hearty debate on a yeah Wednesday night. Agreed. All right, everybody, listen to Chris Williams's podcast that he recorded with Alex Golish. I now see that it is uh, on the Cyclone Fanatic podcast feed. So after you finish this one, go listen to that one as well. Uh, thanks again to the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State University for being the presenting sponsor of Stands and Fits. We've been recording this in the Carl Chevrolet Podcast Studios in Ankeny. Talk to you guys again soon. Beat the Wildcats. Peace.